Well, finally, finally it's all about coming home for the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, we've, I mean, we've spent more time at home, I think, than ever in these past 16 months. Home to keep ourselves safe. Home to keep our families and co-workers safe. Home in our own little bubbles. I don't know about you, Barker, but I got tired of the word bubble. Mucho fast. And even when the red light turned green, you know, there was caution, right? Caution that was justified when it turned red again. And we went back into lockdown and, you know, we got used to watching our teams from a distance. I mean, in the cases of the Raptors and the Blue Jays and TFC in places where the stands were often empty. And at times, even when they were full, well, they were full of visiting fans. Now, look, they weren't starving. They weren't losing money or watching their businesses close or their employees being laid off. They're well compensated, well cared for, but, you know, they still weren't home. And I know this about professional athletes. Few, if any of them, ever sign up to be vagabonds. So let's talk about home. The Blue Jays are home tonight for the first time in 670 days, and you've seen all of the social media posts about how they feel. And, you know, look, we are not home free when it comes to defeating COVID-19. Indeed, depending on who you talk to, depending on the news, any given day you might think that we're farther away than we were a month ago given, you know, the rising concern about the Delta variant. But... You know, vaccinations have left us in a better position to deal with it. The hard work of our frontline workers and anybody who put their lives and businesses on hold out of respect, both for the virus and their fellow citizens, while it's left us in a better position to deal with whatever's coming. You know, we've started to come out of our houses, started to go to the streets, the patios, the shops, the restaurants, you know, squinting into the bright sunshine of kind of what our life used to be like and, you know, what we, we hope it will be again. And Yeah, there's going to be sunlight at the Rogers Center this weekend, and there's going to be fans. 15,000, not a sellout, but that's a start. it's, It's a good start. You know, the last time this building saw as much activity was in those darker days of the pandemic when it was the site of a massive food bank. I think it was last June. In that time, the Jays have signed George Springer. They've made the playoffs in a shortened season They've watched Vladdy Jr. and Bo Bichette turn into full-blown all-stars. And just today, just today, they traded for Jose Barrios, who at worst becomes their third-best starting pitcher and gives them an awful lot of security going into the offseason. But mostly, and this is a credit to the entire organization, they've kept the flame burning, right? They've maintained a connection to their fans by words and deed while their management, and I'm going to say this, and ownership, adopted an appropriately sensitive and sensible stance to getting the players back across the border. Do no harm. That is how we were all supposed to approach coming out of the pandemic. And so here we are. Uh, This feels less like a rebirth than it does, I don't know, opening day, reopening day. It kind of feels to me anyhow, like that first time we opened our doors to our neighbors or our friend we hadn't seen for so, so many months and invited them in for a bite or a drink or a cup of coffee coffee, or, you know, just to chat. People that we'd sort of been talking to across their back porch for the past couple of months. Tonight, we welcome the Blue Jays home and they welcome us into their home. And even if nothing's quite yet perfect, 
my guess is it won't take either side long to become firm, fast friends. Because you see, home is where the kids grow up and excite you. And yeah, sometimes they disappoint you. But at the end of the day, home is where everybody's got everybody else's back. Look, I know these players miss Toronto, but I don't think they have any earthly clue how much Toronto missed them. In about two hours, they'll find out, and they're going to remember, or in some cases, discover what it feels like to truly be home. Hello and welcome to Baseball Central. It is Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. The Blue Jays are home. They will play the Kansas City Royals. First pitch is in a little more than two hours. It'll be right here on Sportsnet 590, the fan at Sportsnet. Uh, Kevin Barker, a trade deadline unlike any I've seen. Uh, people were tallying up the number of all-stars that were moved this year, the number of the Cy Young awards that were moved this year. Let's talk about the Blue Jays first and foremost. The Jays' signature move was acquiring Jose Barrios from the Minnesota Twins for Austin Martin and Simeon Wood Richardson. Now, Barrios immediately, immediately to my mind, becomes at worst their number three starter. Depending on what happens to Robbie Ray, because he's under control for next year, depending on what happens to Robbie Ray, he could very well be the opening day starter next. It wouldn't be out of the question. It wouldn't be out of the question that Jose Barrios is the opening day starter. It's probably between him and... Dep- uh, depends on and, how many lefties are here. Hyun Jin Ryu, yeah. right. He was... Once he got past Max Scherzer, he was, I think it's safe to say, in most people's mind, the best pitcher in the market. The Jays ended up giving up two prospects that we've talked an awful lot about. Simeon Wood Richardson, of course, who joined the team in the Marcus Stroman deal. And Austin Martin, who was the fifth-round pick overall last year. And I, I looked at it this way. When the deal came out, I thought, okay, well, let's, let's kind of let's sit back and see what the Jays gained and what they lost. And they made a deal later on in the day getting Joaquin Soria uh, to go along. I mean, they've completely rebuilt their bullpen. We'll talk about that later on. But it, the Barrios deal, I looked at it this way. First of all, I don't know what Austin Martin is. Is he a center fielder? Is he a shortstop? Is he a second baseman? Is he a third baseman? I, for him to help the Blue Jays in the next two years, Austin Martin probably has to be a third baseman or a catcher. Center field looks like it's well taken care of. Shortstop, you might like a defensive upgrade from Bo, but I got to tell you, I've not heard anybody in your organization tell me they thought Austin Martin was a significant defensive upgrade over Bo. So to me, that's a, to me, that's a non-starter. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to have an impact on your organization for the next two, maybe three years. Simeon Wood Richardson could have an impact next year. But as I said today on Twitter, ask yourself this. Who makes the Blue Jays better tonight and next year? Jose Barrios or Simeon Wood Richardson? It's a no-brainer. So that's how I look at this deal. This deal has made the Jays better now. But as Mark Shapiro said in an interview with Sid Sixero, of all people this morning, you know, he said, I'm excited about this team's about this team's present, but I'm really excited about this team's future. And I think in adding a guy like Jose Barrios, they've added a guy that makes this team 
better this year, better next year. And then if you re-sign him, couple of years down the road. Well, yeah, what, what's he do? He, he splits up the lefties. He go, he'll give you a different look, right? You got a lefty who's a command guy, add and subtract. You got one guy who's a power guy. It's all or nothing kind of thing. You add Berea's to the mix. It's a sinker baller who can get lefties and righties out, who's efficient, doesn't give up homers, doesn't walk a ton of people. He's going to give you a chance to win every single day. It'll keep people like Hatch from starting. You're going to figure out what what do you do with Stripling and Mats? Do you move Mats to the bullpen? Do you move Stripling to the bullpen? Do you keep one of those as your fifth starter? Fifth starter is what it is. It's a revolving mm-hmm. door, right? It really doesn't matter. Down the stretch, they'll maneuver it to put in the hottest guy. If one of the guys is not pitching well, he just won't pitch. They've made it obvious with these kind of moves. Prospects are what they are. Jeff, I used to be one of the top prospects for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yes. Now I'm sitting here with you, well, there you doing go. this show from five to seven. There so you go. there you go. Prospects are what they are. They they are how do we know what Austin Martin's gonna be? The, the the scouts that I've talked to, the coaches that I've talked to, he doesn't have position offensively. First time I saw him, what did I tell you? That big movement that he does with his hands, Mm -hmm. velocity, the shift, it's going to be real hard to consistently do that. Going from college to the first at bat that you have in in the pros, he made a big change with his mechanics of where he uses his hands, how straight up and down he is. That's odd for a guy that's your fifth pick in the first round to make a big giant move like that. So we don't really know athleticism, what he can do. Does he have arm strength enough to play shortstop? Well, scouts would say no. Can he do that at third base? Does he have fast twitch muscles good enough to be able to do that? It, you know, right, it's impact at the big league level in the next five years. For me, they have a five-year window mm-hmm. until you have to back up the Brinks truck for the guy that plays short and the guy that plays first base. You got a five-year window. They're going to try and jam-pack as many good veteran players around those two guys as they can possibly get to make runs at this. And you can't tell me that Ross Atkins wasn't sitting at home the last couple of days and thinking about all the the pub that Tampa was getting, about every single name that was out there, Tampa was throwing their (laughs) name in there. And oh, by the way, what the Yankees have done. You can't tell me that Ross is not sitting around going, well, my lineup's just as good as those two lineups. What what are we doing? We're going to add to this. Now, is that taking to the next level? Is Brad Hand going to, you know, every time they hand the ball to him, is he going to shut the door? Probably not. Is Barrios going to be the the be-all endo? Oh, yeah. He's much better than the hatches and the striplings and the mats. Guys that you don't want to make 30 starts or 20-plus starts, Mm -hmm. this guy's going to do it instead of those guys. And then those guys are going to fill in wherever they're going to fill in. Fifth starter, long relief, whatever. That's what good teams do. They have as many of those guys as possible, but they need three Good guys down the stretch, and now they have that, and they have different looks. They've got three good guys down the stretch, and they've got a guy in Manoa that uh, seems to seems to rise to the challenge. It will be interesting, right? too. He hasn't pitched since the 9th of July, so that'll be an interesting thing to watch Saturday. Kansas City, you know, they're mm-hmm. hottest team since the All-Star break. Won a lot of games. You know, they don't know any better. They don't got no pressure on them. It'll be interesting to see command and those things and the, and the break on the slider, but I like the first four guys. Yeah. yeah, right. You you know, maybe Sunday you're seeing the new guy instead of seeing Thomas Hatch. What what kind of Blue Jays fan would rather see the guy that they just brought in yeah. than a guy like Thomas Hatch or somebody else? And so it for me, this this was a no-brainer. And the Simeon Woods Richardson thing, the scouts that I've talked to and that you've talked to, is he a starter? Is he a hybrid guy? Is he a closer? Can he use five pitches? Does he have uh, you know, three quality big league pitches? Can he command and, and maintain velocity long enough to be a starter, get you through two times in the order? They had no idea that the scouts that I talked to. Yeah. 
And that screams time. And I just mentioned it. They have a five-year window. I know from talking to a couple of folks, one, one scout in particular who spent a lot of time around the Blue Jays in the past couple of years. He's, he maintains that, well, he told me this last week. We talked about it off the air, and I know that you've talked to coaches about it as well. He said, if it's me, I bring Simeon Wood Richardson into training, into spring training next year, and I say, you're my closer. And I start working him in as my closer. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily where the organization was going with it, but it is a sign that, look, no one doubts the stuff is there. And it's entirely... Very athletic and that and, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's entirely possible Minnesota figures this out, figures out what he is. But you're right. The Jays aren't in a position right now where they can figure out what Simeon Wood Richardson is at the major league level. It's that... It's that simple. If this team, if this team is like 30, not 30 games out, I'm exaggerating. If this team is where, I don't know, I'm not where Baltimore is, but if this team is out of the wild card race, like if they're like double digits out of the wild card race, they might not make this deal. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, they might not make it. For me, I mean, I'll, I'll, I, I may regret saying this, but for me, the harder loss here is Simeon Wood Richardson than Austin Martin. That's just me. That's basing every, 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 everything, people that everything I've, I've heard. To and, and what I've, obviously we haven't seen him play. I've seen no. him on video and, and those kind of things and mechanical things at the plate and, and not having a position to be as high as he was, you know, said to be as the prospect for the Toronto Blue Jays. You, you look at how many mm. home runs he said. Now, home runs is not everything, but when you have the shift and you're looking for guys that are top-end prospects that you would think big part of the field, driving the baseball, creating backspin, does that scream Austin Martin? Not for me. Uh, as we mentioned, we are your Blue Jays post-game show. We will carry you right up the first pitch with Ben Wagner, and Ben Wagner will join us. From the Jays radio booth at 6.45 p.m., Ned Coletti, former Dodgers GM, currently analyst for Sportsnet LA, will join us. Ned Coletti has made some big-ass deals at the trade deadline. Some of them have worked out. Some of them. (laughs) Uh, But we'll talk to Ned, not just about what it's like to be a GM at the deadline, but talk about the the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, the, the stuff that happened in the West is just silly. You know, we had Ken Rosenthal reporting that the Padres were close to acquiring Max Scherzer. Then all of a sudden the Dodgers jumped in and not only did they get Max Scherzer, they got Trey Turner. And then just at the deadline, at the four o'clock deadline today, it's like the San Francisco Giants just snuck in there and got Chris Bryant. The Chicago Cubs trading Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, basically backing up the truck. Now that, again, prospects are prospects. But based on what people are saying about the return the Cubs got, they did they did pretty well in in, in terms of yeah. Of I want to say, I want to ask Ned what, what would be harder? Would it be harder to go out and do what the Blue Jays did, mm-hmm. or would it be harder to do what the Cubs did? The uh, Jays were also apparently, and again this is from a variety of reports, in on Yan Gomes, a catcher. He went to Oakland. Uh, they were also. I don't know if I'd say in, but they apparently had some discussions about Trevor's story as well with the Colorado Rockies. Trevor's story didn't go anywhere. But there were a lot of big deals made. Javier Baez off to the off to the Mets where he will play second base alongside his friend Francisco Lindor. He is, of course, a free agent. The Chicago White Sox. Uh, I, I mean, where do you start? They got Craig Kimbrell, a closer for the next two years. They've got Liam Hendricks. For a couple of years as well. They got him as a free agent. 
I mean, what do you do if you're Tony La Russa? You got two alpha males at the end of the game who care about the number when it's under the S yeah. for saves. What do you do? And one guy, Liam Hendricks, who he'll pitch you, to, he'll pitch two in the third innings if that, you need him that, to. That like, for me good. will be an issue. Well, you're gonna, you're going to have to, yeah, you're gonna have to manage. You're gonna have to manage that situation. Each one of them an opportunity to get theirs. You're gonna have to manage that situation. Good luck and, with that. That that, that may be the easiest well, thing down the stretch. Okay, game can I, can seven. I, let me just game tell you, seven of the World Series. Who gets it between the two? That's the thing. Yeah. And and I oh. wonder, I wonder what Liam Hendricks is thinking right now because he was the Jays talk to him he was at the Jays complex yeah and I wonder now if Liam Hendricks is, is thinking man if I go to Toronto and I'm closing out games for that freaking team now I'm in Chicago and I'm gonna have to share the closing duties yeah you did get paid though you gotta remember oh, got, that yeah. it'd be a little easier to, to talk him into things but, but Bart, I think Tony's he was gonna, gonna get to... he was gonna get paid either way I would have so that I mean there, there were some fascinating moves I mean of course yeah. the Max Scherzer deal we talked about that. Uh, the Yankees adding Anthony Rizzo and and um, and and Joey Gallo. The Red Sox adding uh, uh, Kyle Schwarber. The Rays. Barker said the Rays. The Rays won deal today. They added uh, some guy from the Orioles, and Barker said, "Check this guy's spin rate." Oh, like, it's off like, the charts. It's off the charts. He'll be closing in World Series. Watch. <laughs> That's a fact. I don't even happened. know what the hell his name is, but he's going to be shoving it up the Jays' ass at some point. I this saw year, spin you know, rate like the twenty eight hundred. Good yeah, luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. yeah. That, that's right. Uh, but anyhow, that that's where we are. A, a ton of deals made today. And uh, as I said, Ned Coletti will join us. Rex Hudler, he's going to bring some energy from the ballpark, I would imagine, at 6.05. Mark Douglas of 680 News joins us at 6.15. Look, today is about the fans as much as it's about the Blue Jays. Mark has been out talking to the fans who are at the game tonight. 15,000 fans in attendance, a lot of first responders, a lot of frontline workers. It's going to be a great night. As I said yesterday, there are a lot of protocols in place. They're common sense protocols. Yep. They're common sense protocols. Follow them. Be have nice. A, have a great time at the game. And I and I and I cannot stress this enough. I cannot stress this enough. Not having any idea what it's like at the gates right now because, because with COVID and some of the restrictions, we're working from our from our regular yeah. studio today. I yeah. mean, we just are because there's a limit on the number of media people that can be at the ballpark, and that's fine. That's part of the COVID restrictions, but. Just be a little patient because a lot of folks are going to be doing stuff that they haven't done for a long time and, you know, practice all, all the good stuff, all the stuff, all the stuff your mother told you about 60 <laughs> years ago and you went, or 50 yeah. years ago and you went, wash your hands. I'll just, yeah. I'll spit in my hands. That's good to wash your hands, social distancing, all that stuff. And Adhere don't, to that. And don't forget, have fun. You've have earned it. Have a lot it. of fun. You've earned it. Have a lot of fun. Have a lot of fun and uh, give the Blue Jays the return that they deserve. Ross Atkins is doing his media availability. He's doing it right now. Ross Atkins is doing his media availability right now. We will break it down for you. Actually, you know, we're going to play it in its entirety at 540. 540 will play it in its entirety. So you get a chance to hear Ross Atkins talk about moves that were made and weren't made. And, and you'll get his insight into the moves that were made right from the horse's mouth, so to speak. But uh, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, can I just see? Oh, Joey Bart is not part of the package after being rumored. Oh, that's the Chris Bryant deal. We'll talk about all the deals that were made not involving the Blue Jays when we come back. It's Baseball Central. The Jays are home on Sportsnet 590, the fan. 
going to go to a city who was competing and, you know, they are playing well so far. They got a pretty good group as young player, so that excited me a little bit more because I know we're going to go out there and, you know, compete. I just go out there and just do for nothing, so that's good for myself and, you know, I that's why I work. I work for, for compete and do my best out there, so now I had the chance to keep doing what I've been doing and I'm going to be ready for it to do that. That is the newest Toronto Blue Jay, one of the newest Toronto Blue Jays, Jose Barrios. I got that right. Boy. Jose Barrios uh, talking to uh, the media today after his trade to the Toronto Blue Jays was announced and uh, listening listening to that interview. I, first of all, the and I mean this positively, the amount of gushing the Twins PR department and the Twins writers did. Yeah. And I, I mean this in a good way, Jose Barrios and the way he talked about his excitement of coming uh-huh. to Toronto and his excitement of playing with this team and 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 how much he he you know he enjoyed his time and I mean God the the dude thanked the beat writers yeah who the hell does that for the most seems like part? he's really smart he's got a really good curveball he's got a really good singer like I said I, I just can't wait to hear and see Pete Walker get with him and work with his changeup he's got a really good changeup it doesn't throw it all the time but could he use that right Whoa. element of surprise you add mm-hmm. that you can sprinkle around the four seamer you mix him in between the two lefties huh. First pitch is just after 7 o'clock tonight. You can hear it here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan with Ben Wagner. It is, of course, also available on TV. This is the Blue Jays lineup for their homecoming game, as we're calling it. George Springer leading off in center field. Vladdy Jr. is at first. Marcus Semyon is at second. Bo Bichette is at shortstop. Teoscar is in left field. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is the DH, so uh, the elbow bruise, I guess, is, is, is good enough. Uh, Randall Grichik's in right field. Santiago Espinal at third base. And Alejandro Kirk behind the plate for the Kansas City Royals. It is Whit Merrifield, Carlos Santana, Salvador Perez, Andrew Benintendi, Hunter Dozier, Ryan O'Hearn, Michael A. Taylor, Jared Dyson, Nicky Lopez. The uh, Royals did make a trade, trading Jorge Soler to the Atlanta Braves. And, um, you know, basically the, the Royals, they've, Played good baseball yeah. since the All-Star break. And, Bark, I think we're both on the same page about this team. This team, these guys are looking at the Central. And they're thinking, you know, and they got Bobby it's Witt Jr. Great. coming up. <laughs> That's what they're yeah. saying. Yeah. The, <laughs> the Royals, I think, the, the Royals are one of those teams that have kind of got it going on, I think. You know, and and uh, and and they... Yeah, they- they do it the right way for me. You think about pitching and defense mm-hmm. in a big ballpark like that. If you can get enough hitters that can think big part of the field, think doubles more than homers, right? Get them on, get them over, get them in, and you got a really good pitching staff and a good back end of your bullpen and play good defense. That's what it's all about, and I'm with you. They, they're thinking that division, that they can do all those things. They got they can make a run at it. But the Jorge Soler thing, that for me helps the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. You got Ross Stripling on the mound who will hang a breaking ball occasionally at the <laughs> Rogers Center. I'm just saying. I, I – uh... I, w- I want to uh, I want to talk I want to take a look at some of the the deals that were made around around baseball. Let's let's take a look at our our the big deals and our winners and losers. How about that? And keep in mind that that uh, we also should mention Brad Hand. The Jays did make a roster move. Tyler Chatwood was DFA'd to make room for Jose Barrios. Uh, Brad Hand and uh, Joaquin Soria. Soria. Oh, God, it, it's like anyhow. We'll. Um, Roster moves will have to be made for them at some Soria. point. 
Soria. 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 Whatever. We'll have to be made at some point. It's not whatever. I know. Get the name right at least. Uh, and we'll await those moves. But some of the other deals that were made today, the kind of the last big deal, the Giants getting uh, Chris Bryant from the Cubs for outfielder Alexander Canario and right-handed pitcher Caleb Killian. Uh, so Joey Bart, the, uh, the the Giants catcher, one of the top prospects in baseball that was originally included in that deal and had me giddy for the Cubs because the Cubs also got Nick Madrigal mm. in, in the uh, – in, in the Craig Kimbrell deal. He's he's not part of the deal. So I like that deal even better for San Francisco. I'm going to make a bold call right now. Oh, bold call go right ahead, now. do bold it. Bold call right now. San Diego, uh, San Francisco is going to make the playoffs this year. Boy, you're good. One of LA or San Diego won't make the playoffs this year. Yeah, it ain't going to be the Dodgers. Dodgers are a pretty good team. You got Max Scherzer I'm for just, about another I, I eight starts. Yeah, I know. You got Trey Turner coming off the I.O. because of COVID. <laughs> the Mets got Javier Baez, Trevor Williams, and Cash from the Cubs for Pete Crow Armstrong. We mentioned the Blue Jays acquisition. The White Sox got Craig Kimbrell from the Cubs. Yeah. Nick Madrigal is going to be a good player in the in, in the National League. Uh, but, my God. That White gives Sox them, trying to win a World Series. White Sox, well, I think the White Sox are the – can I say they're the best team in baseball right now? I might say they're the you best team say in it, baseball be right now. Okay. They're the best team in baseball, not named the L.A. America, Dodgers. You could say in the American League. Okay, they're the best team in the American League. Uh, the Dodgers got Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. And Ed Colletti's going to join us. That's still sick for uh, Kybert Ruiz, Josiah Gray, Gerardo Carrillo, and Donovan Casey. Uh, the Phillies, <laughs> okay. the Phillies got Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy at the deadline. Phillies needed to do something to upgrade their rotation. We mentioned the A's acquired Yan Gomes and second baseman Josh Harrison from Harrison from the Nationals. We believe the Jays ran on that. Andrew Heaney went to the to the uh, went to the Yankees. The Yankees, of course, also added Rizzo and uh, and Joey Gallo, and they're all both of them in the outfield tonight for the Yankees. And uh, Kyle Schwarber went to the went to the Boston Red Sox. So uh, let's talk about our winners and losers. Now, I, I wish I should have got you guys to get the clip from Jerry Depoto, the Mariners <laughs> GM. I'm not the Mariners GM. Now, remember, this guy yeah. traded Kendall Graveman a couple of days ago. and For Diego Castillo, for, basically. Well, basically, yeah. Basically, but but at the time, at the time, he said, hey, I uh, just wait. Just wait. It, it's, you know, <laughs> let me work my magic. Well, the magic didn't necessarily transpire. His team has lost two games in a row. They hate their GM. The fans are up in arms. And the first question today of Jerry DePoto, and I don't know who asked it, but the first question, God love him, was, so, Jerry, what happened? Did your phone die in the morning? So if, if you're looking at losers... If you're looking at losers, because we do like to put down this, and it's hard to. No, it's not the team; it's the GM. You're yeah, Jerry about. Depoto is front the, and center here as, as the loser, and you can't you can't look at the Washington. We don't know what the Washington what these prospects are for the Washington yeah, the, the no Washington idea. Nationals. Yeah, we yeah. got no idea. No. The Cubs. I kind of think the Cubbies did okay. I kind of think the Cubbies did okay. Nick Madrigal's a guy who might win a batting title or something. I kind of think. Well, you got a lot of chances to get it right. Basically, is what the Cubs. Are yeah, trying to they do. got a lot of chances to get yeah. it. Right. I think. I think. I think they did okay. Minnesota confuses me now. Austin Martin, uh, the the talking point after the Austin Martin deal was that Byron Buxton may be on the block because he is not going to sign an extension with the Twins. So perhaps that you know, opens the possibility for, for a deal at some point. Austin Martin, the Twins have said, we're playing him in center field. 
Austin Martin doesn't have 200 at bats to minor league level yet. Yeah, and and you know, yeah, I look at the Twins, and I, and I ask, do they not know the division they're in? Like, there's no reason the Twins can't. There's no reason the Twins can't win that division next year. Yeah, I think so too. There, I think that's, there isn't. Well, I think that's why you, you see them trading Barrios. Is they think okay, we, even without him, we can still make a run at this <laughs> thing. At least be in the wild card hunt. You can struggle throughout the season yeah. more than one time and still be in the race because of the division you play in. Yeah, it's uh, that's the kind of thing with the Austin Martin thing. I'd go. I think, think we just need to wait and see what he turns out to be. Is he a shortstop? Probably not. Arm strength. Is he a third baseman? Same reason he's not a shortstop. Is he a second baseman? Can he hit enough? Is he a leadoff hitter? Is he a number two hitter? Can he start creating some backspin? All of these things are up in the air for me. I'll tell you, the, the, the team, we talked about this, but the White Sox, if I had to pick, because I know a lot of people are going to be trumpeting what the Yankees did. And the Dodgers. And the Dodgers. Not the Dodgers. The, yeah. Leave the Dodgers aside. Okay. They won it. But I look at not only did they add Craig Kimbrell to go with Liam Hendricks, but they kept Craig Kimbrell away from the Houston Astros who are interested in him and who are at some point, you know, right now you'd probably say that's a team that White Sox may be playing at some point in the postseason. They kept Craig Kimbrell away from them and from the Tampa Bay Rays. There was some talk that Craig Kimbrell would interest the Rays. So I look at that as constituting a win and further to your point about the Dodgers we'll talk to Ned Clady about this further to your point about the Dodgers not only did they get Max Scherzer but they kept them away from the Padres yeah I think telling the Rooster too for me for the White Sox it's a big deal you got two alpha bales again I said this at the back end of the bullpen who like the the save number under their name and they they want that number to go up right and they there's a lot of clout for them and when you got two guys you got to finesse your way through that so Tony LaRusso I think we're forgetting one team the Brewers. Nobody ever talks about the Brewers. And you look at the front end of their rotation with Woodruff, uh, Burns, and Peralta. And then you look at the back end of their bullpen with Now, but Hader, what we're saying is and, they yeah, And then they you didn't... look at they're getting Norris, who, you know, lefty Norris is uh-huh. not, not the be-all, end-all, but he has had a very good July. Yeah, he has. Which you're running. Right. That's what you he want has. to get. You want to you're get right. a hot. You want to get a hot guy. You get Escobar, who is can do everything on the field defensively yep. as a switch hitter. Fair point. And you add Rowdy Tellez who all of a sudden took his bats to Milwaukee mm. and found out how to find the sweet spot, start driving the big part of the field, hitting some home runs, playing some good defense at first base. I just think the little engine that could in the National League with the Brewers, pitching and defense wins, and you get yeah. some timely hitting and some play some defense and get some guys who are surprises. And I'll tell you what else happened to the Brewers. I like the Brewers. I'll tell you what else happened to the Brewers as well as the Cincinnati Reds didn't make didn't make any yeah they were the one team for me that, that, that you go make a run at, yeah. at the shortstop that plays for the the rockies and it will be ross stripling against daniel lynch tonight 707 the first pitch at roger center the first home game for the toronto blue jays in 670 i, I every time i say that's that i have to check time. myself that's a long time thank you it was even for what was it, 159 even, road games for the Blue for Jays? Someone, even, about that. even for someone who's 103 years old like you me, 670 days. That's a long time. Is a long, long time. Uh, Ross Atkins, the general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, he's still speaking? Okay. So he's got, Ross got oh. a lot to say. So is, are we looking at a 40-minute media session here, boys? Sitting 20? God damn. Well, we may have to... Uh, we may have to do some 
some some some thinking. We may have to do some thinking here. Well, we may have to go to the text line, get some people's thoughts on what's going 595, on. 590 is the text line. What you think about the trades? Did we they give up too that. much? We could do did that. Do they need to do more? I think they still need to do more. And, but, you know, we can, again. we can always put uh, put pressure on Dylan and have him edit as he replays it. Can you do that? I know. No, I'm just having. I'm having funny. The part of the deal is uh, you cannot air the uh, you cannot air the uh, any clips from the news conference until it's done. It's the same thing. You're not supposed yeah. to send stuff out on Twitter. So, well, five ninety five ninety is a text line. It's a day for the Tell fans. We'll go think. back to the text line and uh, maybe Ross will finish talking by then. All of your thoughts. I think Ross is doing the pregame show on uh, doing is. Blue Jay Central. Peter Patter, let's get at it, Ross. Come on now. <laughs> you said enough. Save some of your good stuff for Jamie well. and Joe. Come on. Well, I mean, come on now, no, come on now. You said enough. Get off, get off, so we can get your get your tape cut here. Come on, let's go, let's go. You didn't huh. get me, Jose Ramirez, but the least you can do is this: it's baseball off central. Season. What off there's season? There's always the off season. Oh, there's always the off season. I got my Jose Ramirez jersey all set to go. It's baseball central on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Atkins had a busy trade deadline. He's just finished his media availability. This is what the general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays had to say. Hey, Ross, uh, thanks for doing this. Um, you guys have spent quite a bit of time building up your minor league system. Um, what was it about today and this opportunity that you had that you decided it was it was time, the right time to, to start spending some of that capital? Good to see you, Gregor. No problem. Anytime. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, you know, I think it's really just the combination of things occurring over several years where the development and maturation of our young core, the, you know, the opportunities we've had over the last couple of off seasons to add to it. um, And now having our farm system in a place and a team that we'd like to help push uh, to the next level. um, You know, all the combination of those things making some sense and the opportunity to acquire the talent that, Obviously, we were very excited about. Uh, with Barrios coming with an extra year of control, like as you guys were preparing for this deadline, was he your top target going into this? I mean, I, I think that's a fair assessment to say that certainly one of the top targets. And, you know, I <clears throat> I think depending on who you talk to, that uh, the consensus was definitely in and around him. Um, you know, personally, I think the uh, the character, the makeup, uh, the obviously the talent and the durability and you know how accomplished he already is, but uh, the the full complement and all of the character that you know we've heard about and and have seen and the attributes in and around him was just we felt like such a good fit for this team and this organization. You know you don't run everything by the players, but the way the players handled everything that they've been dealt with the last couple of years and the way they have played up to this trade deadline period, did that encourage you more to be aggressive and kind of reward the players for what they have done through all this adversity? You know, I I think we, we do try very hard to be objective and to always keep an eye on the future and make sure that, um, you know, our, our processes and the, every decision making um, juncture that we are exceptionally disciplined, but we're human. And I, you know, what our players and and this team and our staff have uh, not, not necessarily what they've been through, but just how they've handled everything gives us a great deal of confidence that it's a strong group that is united 
and that we believe in. And, and that's the thing that impacts us. Um, you know, there is obviously some emotion, I think, you know, throughout the industry. I don't think it's Toronto specific coming out of a pandemic and excited to be playing in front of fans again across the entire continent. And that that energy and excitement around this sport and within entertainment is is certainly impacting humans for sure. Obviously, you've been in the game a long time. I've been in the game a long time. Can you characterize how busy your week was in the last week or so as things started to heat up? I can't imagine how many phone calls you and your staff have made over the last week. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the busier ones, I think, for sure. It feels like it gets busier every year, um, even when you, you, know, you are potentially your phone's not ringing, you're making others ring. So, um, you know, we've we've. Each year, we get a little bit better at it here we, in our front office. We're, uh, you know, a little bit more cohesive, a little bit more collaborative, and a little bit more connected than we were two days ago and one month ago and two years ago. So uh, that <clears throat> increases efficiency, but it also increases opportunity. So there is a balance there, but there was also a, a calmness in our room and a lot of confidence that there was going to be an opportunity for us. Hey, Ross, uh, appreciate the time. I'm just wondering, as a general uh, general look across the landscape, I mean, it seems just based on prospect rankings and things of that nature that sellers did remarkably well uh, at this trade deadline period. Uh, I'm just wondering if you could maybe, what was your sense of what the prices out there were like? And if you could maybe, maybe have uh, a sense of why you think so many teams are maybe more willing to part with higher end prospects in these types of deals than in years past? Yeah. I mean, it's a good question. I haven't, uh, you know, really assessed it, um, you know, entirely throughout, but as we were going through, we felt as though that the ask were very high than what we were accustomed to. And then as we saw moves occurring, it, it appeared that those asks were being met. Um, so you know, it's a hard thing to, you know, really pin down and say one reasons why I think, you know, the, the subject of reasons we just talked about and, you know, with Buck's question and that excitement and energy around being, you know, for us and for the first time back in our home field. But I think, you know, throughout the game, people are just so excited to be playing baseball in front of fans again. And that, you know, probably has some impact, but, um, you know, everything is a bit, cyclical in the world and in business and we maybe we're seeing a bit of a shift here so um it's exciting it, re it really is exciting to see this deadline it was one of the more invigorating deadlines that i can recall in a while and um i think that's ultimately good for baseball and russ i, I know you guys are always sort of operating on your own schedule and to, as to your own needs but i'm wondering as as the landscape was shifting around you in recent days with some of the teams you're trying to catch, making different moves, how that maybe impacted your potential willingness to, to pay that price on Barrios and, and maybe make some of the other moves you did? Yeah, I mean, it's similar, a similar response. Maybe um, you're trying not to. You're trying to discipline yourself because I think any research you do, any studying you do about decision-making, about running a good business or running a good sports team is about being disciplined and about being patient. And in this case, um, we, we felt as though we were still doing that and felt as though the value was worth it. The opportunity to acquire Barrios was, was exciting for us and a very difficult decision, not something that 
um, you know, we just walked into and it, Austin Martin will be a great player and Simeon Woods Richardson is going to be a great pitcher and we're going to be pulling for them. So this was just an opportunity that we wanted to take. All right. Thanks, Ross. All right, Shy. Go ahead, Keegan. Hey, Ross, when you look at uh, Barrios and the whole package, where does his durability fit in? Like, how do you value that when you're looking at a pitcher? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is, I think, you know, we, we talk about it a lot all the time. I think in order to be a major league starting pitcher, I think it starts there. It starts with, uh, in order to get better, you need to do it a lot. And to get those reps, you have to be durable. So he always has been. And, you know, I think there's a lot of pitchers out there that maybe don't have this track record that can be as durable moving forward. Um, but that is certainly an attractive attribute. And then moving forward with the team control, and he's still young enough as well, where do you see further upside with Barrios? Is, is there part of his game that you think can get even better from here? I, I think it is really interesting as young as he is, as athletic and how, how hardworking he is. You, you, you know, it's easy to think about him just continuing on a positive trend and that, um, you know, whether that is in, um, you know, more just how he's deploying his work and how he is, um, you know, learning how to attack different teams and learning how to reshape certain pitches or make adjustments. He has the ability and all of the attributes to do all of those things. So um, we'll see, you know, time will tell on that front, but uh, the, the current version and the current form is, was obviously exciting enough for us. Just, uh, you know, before the deadline, you kind of talked about how starting pitching market might be, you know, not have as much opportunity as some of the other markets. So when did it become sort of clear to you guys that the Twins were going to move on Barrios? And when did it feel really uh, positive for you guys that you could match or match the offer they wanted? It, it was very late in the process to, to, to answer all of those questions. Uh, you know, I think, you know, uh, in my discussions with Derek, there we knew the potential was there we also knew that it was going to be a very steep price they want to continue to try to win and um you know they could have very easily just had him pitch for them tonight um but we so we knew the price was going to be high and i think um, working through our system with not only the twins but with other teams there were clear targets that uh, the entire industry was focused on and fortunately we had enough of them to to meet the mark and going forward, how does this have a ripple? I know, obviously, it's, that's a coaching decision and a manager's decision as well. But like what uh, and you guys have a lot of games coming up. So maybe there's opportunities to have six guys for a while. But, you know, how what is the ripple effect of the rotation? Yeah, I, you know, I haven't finalized anything. And obviously, Charlie will be the person that finalizes those decisions. So, you know, we haven't, you know, come up with anything final. We've actually only exchanged some brief text about it. We talked about hypotheticals before. So uh, we also, you know, brief interactions with Jose. We've talked about his preferences and desires. And we do have the need for additional starting pitching moving uh, forward here in the short term. So, um you know, we have those options. We'll work through it with the staff and whether it's keeping a six man for an extended period of time, which seems like uh, on paper right now, or just as we're sitting here today, it seems like the most realistic outcome for the short term. And having that as an option is makes us better. 
Hey, Ross, thanks for the time. Um, you obviously didn't mess with the uh, position player group at all. I mean, how comfortable are you with what you've got there? And, and did you go down the road looking for a left-handed bat, looking for maybe some defensive compliments, whether it's a versatile guy or something in the outfield? Yeah, I mean, really comfortable with our ability to score runs and excited about the acquisition of Corey Dickerson, and he should be healthy here. So he's already playing in games. I, I'm sure you guys are aware and should be an option for us here soon. Um, also feel good about some of the players in AAA. So, um, you know, feel good about our AAA roster protecting us a little bit and um, obviously really encouraged by the potential of this offense. And we've played much better defense um, you know, other than a couple of hiccups here and there, you, there's reason to believe that our defense is on a, on a more positive trend. That was general manager Ross Atkins, uh, his media availability uh, a little earlier today after the trade deadline. Uh, Jose Barrios is a member of the Toronto Blue Jays. Tyler Chatwood has been uh, moved out to make room for him. Brad Hand is in Toronto. He is in the building and uh, uh, Joaquin Soria as well will uh, join the team, I, and and they'll have to make a move. Have to make a move. Yep. Involving him at some point uh, as well. But uh, Kevin, interesting. I mean, the, the quote that really stuck that really stuck with me is you know Ross talking about the development and the maturity of this core. And this quote to me is the the main one. This is the team we'd like to have pushed to the next level. That I think tells you that, frankly, that it's go time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's a window again. I, I mentioned this. You got you. There's no, but I, I think it's also a window there for. But I think for I think the window is players. here now. Too. It is right. Well, they like said this that by, year by who they traded. They've said that who they're bringing in. You know what do they do next? That do they go and try and find a third baseman? Do they find a better catcher? Which for me, they have to find a better catcher. That that's a must for me. A veteran guy who can get you through that inning that you have to get through. They just don't have that here. And I know that they. I, I, we both know they focused on that. Like I was yeah. told, I was told at one point today, they were going to have another catcher in here. I was yeah. I guaranteed. No, I mean that obviously that didn't happen, but I, I think they realized that they, they don't have the guy until Gabriel Marino gets here right now. I, I, you know, maybe Reese McGuire or Alejandro Kirk will turn into that guy. I don't think they necessarily Think that's yeah, I think that's the case. It just puts a lot more pressure on the the manager too, Charlie Montoya. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say anything about days are numbered or or it puts more pressure on his losing his job and that kind of thing. But when you bring in a guy that you brought in, and this tells the 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 coaching staff that now it's right the the guys that you go to, there has to be a sense of urgency. You can't be any well. Is this guy good enough? No. Yep. You have the right choice down there. You go to that till you can't go to it anymore. And it's must win time. I think they're they're making a serious run at this thing because all things right how many games they've not played at home what the other teams in their division are doing the yankees the rays the red sox the move that they made right the lineups that the blue jays have can match up with all three of those teams and add a little pieces you can make a run at it let's think about this this is the blue jays bullpen the remaking of their bullpen this month adam simber trevor richards brad hand joaquin soria they've added some arms John Axford is down in AAA. He's pitching pretty well. John Axford is going to be up here at some point. I, I think there's any doubt about that. And uh, but you know, there's some guys that aren't. There's some guys that aren't going to have spots after tonight. 
What's all these moves I made? There's some guys that aren't going to be around here. Yeah, where do you use Thomas Hatch? Where Trent Thornton, Kirby Sneed? Like the the obvious guys that haven't been there and done it before. That I, I say this all all the time. Who can you hand the ball to in the mm-hmm. seventh inning on the road in your division you, that can get you some big timeouts? That's what they got to get. You know Mesa and you know Romano aren't going anywhere along with Baraki. Simber, Richards, Barucky, Hand, Saria. I mean, yeah, there's only so you, many. You got some guys that have been there and done it before that the bright lights, the heartbeat ain't going to go faster. Yep. It's going to go slower. We are now oh, just a little more than an hour away from first pitch at the Rogers Center, the first Blue Jays home game in 670 days. Ross Stripling on the mound for the Jays, Daniel Lynch for the Royals. What to make of the Royals? I mean, they are playing these three games. They are, I know it's going to seem like they're just sort of supporting actors here, but they are going to provide the opposition for the Blue Jays. They're a team a lot of people viewed as being a dark horse this year. Uh, I think that was put to bed relatively early, and now a lot of people look at them as being a dark horse for next year. Rex Hudler, the terrific Royals analyst, will join us next. Ned Coletti as well. It's Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. There wasn't a baseball show we liked, so we made one. This is Baseball Central with Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network. So we're a little more than an hour away from first pitch at the Rogers Center. Ross Stripling take the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays. The first game in Toronto in 670 days. The Jays opening a three-game series against the Kansas City Royals. We didn't even talk about the fact that the Jays, we had all the trade deadline stuff. We didn't talk about the fact that the Jays put put the boots to the Boston Red Sox. And last, yeah. Beat the bejesus out of them, let's be honest, uh, last night. And uh, come into this game three games over five hundred, and uh, you know let's see let's see what happens with the Rays and the Red Sox and the Yankees now. Let's see they they got to play each other a, a fair amount. Let's see let's see how that sifts out between those. If you're teams. the Blue Jays, you don't worry about anybody else but yourselves. You go out and play good baseball. Yeah, hopefully the guy on the mound pitches better than the other guy does. First time through was the most for me. Is the most important part of the game for for the pitcher that stands on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays. If he can get them through the first time through the order, so the Blue Jays lineup can figure out which way it's moving, what he throws with two strikes, late life on the heater, all of that stuff that they need to gain information with, they'll be all right. The Kansas City Royals come into Toronto. They are forty-five and fifty-six, but they're coming off a six-one homestand. And they came off that homestand with a 5 nothing win over the White Sox. Uh, as we said, this is a team that at the start of the year, a lot of us looked at as possibly being a dark horse. It's clearly a franchise that is on the way back. What are you looking at me like? <laughs> no, that? You, you were the only one in this room. Hey, that. I was the only one that thought it was a dark horse. <laughs> Mr. Jays are going to win 90 games. Barker over there. Okay, I was the only one that I thought they were going to be. So I'm just going to say they're going to be a dark horse again next year. Next year. I'm with you. Let's bring in one of our favorites. He is. Rex Hudler, Kansas City Royals analyst. I mean, I was right. Rex, I wasn't off base completely. There are a lot. The the Royals in spring training. Oh, a lot of people were, were, were giddy about them, weren't they? Oh, you better believe it, fellas. So good to hear your voices, man, and to be with you. It's been way too long, but thanks for calling me today, man. I, yeah. Hey, look, guys, uh, you know, Mike Matheny, last year in his, in his uh, first 60 games, 
that we all remember, and hopefully we never have a year like that again. Uh, he instilled a, a great a positive attitude in the, amongst the Royals and, and the clubhouse. The experience that he gained in St. Louis was fantastic. Uh, you know, he went to the World Series. Uh, he, he's well decorated for, for uh, the, the Royals, and he's been a really good fit here. So he's got his guys uh, going to spring training this year in 2021 saying, hey, guys, let's just concentrate on winning every spring game. And that was kind of a shock to a lot of people because we know uh, that, uh, you know, exhibition season means nothing. But he was doing that because he wanted to make sure that we didn't get off to a losing start in the first month of the season, a losing streak. We'd had those the last several years that have knocked us back, and it's so hard to climb back in it. So did he accomplish that? He did. He's, he's got Jeff saying – or uh, yeah, he's got Jeff saying – they're going to be the dark horse. Yeah, we all were excited about the start, but we know that it ain't how you start in this big leagues. It's how you finish. And then here comes the streak. The team, they lost 11 in a row right after that. And that brought them back down again. Then they won a few. Then they lost another streak. It's been one winning streak and one losing streak after another. But they're starting to come back now. They won nine out of their, they're nine and three in 12 games since the break. I mean, that's, they're the hottest team in baseball, three out of four from the White Sox. You know, they swept Milwaukee, the central leaders this year, two at our house and two at their house. So they have potential and we all know it starts with starting pitching. Okay. Solaire got traded obviously not too long ago. Is there anybody on that team that you thought was going to get traded that didn't? Well, you know, I thought there might be some calls for Dyson. Because Dyson, you yep. know, he's a nice piece to come in to pinch run late. You know, those are the weapons that we, we found out in 14 and 15 that were very uh, effective late in games with a score tied. you got a guy who can steal a base. He's, he's been playing all outfield uh, defense for us, center field, right field, left field. Really a, a mature 10-year veteran. And I thought that maybe there might be somebody for Mike Miner. You know, we do have him for another year under control here. Um, some of the veteran guys, uh, but not really, because Dayton Moore here, he says, you know, I'm not going to trade any pieces. I need big league talent. we got enough prospects. Don't need the big league talent. So not really surprised. They weren't going to trade Whit Merrifield. He's controlled for a couple more years at a nice low price, and he, and he means a lot to this team. So he's not going to trade the heartbeat because he believes Jeff like you do. Now, Kevin, you may be a little skeptical, but Jeff, <laughs> yeah. we're going we're gonna to win here again soon. I, we have tremendous starting pitching coming. It's going to happen soon, and we have the right guy at the helm, and that's Dayton Moore. I just thought Carlos Santana, you know, switch hitter, plays first. You know, there were some teams that needed a first baseman. You know, he gets you professional at bat. He gets on base a lot. He's getting a little older. That would be the guy for me. Yeah, Kevin, you, you're going to see uh, what, what he's, he can do. This yeah. guy, he's been amazing. Right side of the plate, left side of the plate, even with his glove. But, yeah. you know, if you move him this time of year, there's not a lot of ready-made big leaguers that you're going to trade him for. The teams aren't going to give up their guys. I think if they wait in the offseason, they can get a veteran player or somebody who can make an impact on the team here. Like I, like I mentioned, uh, uh, Dayton Moore, He's got, he's got a ton of prospects. And, you know, and with the minor league systems all cut down this year, you, you know, they eliminated, I don't know how many jobs, thousands of jobs, you know. So you have so many prospects and you want them to play every summer. You, you know, you can't load up with extra, extra prospects because you want to play them. You've got to develop them. So it's like a whoa, whoa, whoa on the prospects. We want ready-made big leaguers who can help. And I think we, we trade Santana in the offseason. We can get more for him. Well, the guy that we're going to see tonight, uh, Daniel Lynch, boy, he's part of that that uh, that group with Brady Singer and Jackson Co- uh, Cower and, and and Chris Bubich. Uh, you know, guys who guys who were drafted in 2018. I mean, all of them 
all those pitchers have debuted with KC this year. They, they really are. Like, they are the future. This kid we're seeing tonight is is one of the big parts of the future for this team, isn't he? Oh, for sure. Now, if you see, um, I mean, we he went eight strong innings and could have gone for a CG, but they said, uh, you know what, let's hold off on that. Let's not get too excited. But he had the best start of a Royal starter all year. Uh, he's got tremendous upside. Left-hander, you guys are going to see what he's got. You know, he's got a wipeout slider, good, pretty decent fastball. Um, you know, but you guys love the heater, so he'll be have to he'll be careful where he locates that baby tonight against Vlad and, and all those guys that like that fastball. But you know, he got an excellent changeup. He's got a good three, four pitches that he can uh, rely on. Um, I like his mound makeup. His mound presence is really good. Uh, he's going to be a uh, middle of the rotation guy, depending on where they line all these guys up, uh, for sure. You'll watch him tonight, uh, Kevin. You'll like him. Okay, what do you think about the trade that the White Sox made, getting uh, uh, Craig Kimbrell? going with Liam Hendricks at the end of the bullpen. You know, it makes a lot of sense. But I was telling Jeff that Tony LaRusso, you got two alpha males at the back end of that bullpen now that rely and, and are confident with that, you know, number under that S, meaning the saves. How do you think Tony's going to handle that? Oh, man, he's going to be great. Are you kidding? He's going to – he gets another powerful arm, an established closer. Hey, Kopech, he was setting up um, – he was setting up, uh, 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 you know, you just said his name. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Liam, Liam Hendricks. Hendricks. He, he was setting him up. Kopech. Kopech's throwing 98 to 100. Yeah. And I'm thinking, before they even made that trade, I'm thinking, wow, that ain't fair. They got two guys in the back of their bullpen that can just bring cheddar. And so Kopech, now they got three guys in the back of the pen to hold a lead. Man, uh, that was, to me, you know, we know the importance of the bullpen. And when you have – uh, add an ad like that to their pin, and they have the they have one of the best starting rotations in baseball. Man, you better believe that that they might be the heavy favorites uh, to to win and and to win the American League championship. Let's let's see if they can put it together, even without Luis Robert, their center fielder, who was a phenomenal talent last year. We saw Eloy Jimenez comes back. Hopefully, he'll he'll work himself into shape. But he's an amazing player too. They've just got a lot of good pieces on that team. I think they're. They're certainly a favorite to win with that uh, starting rotation. It's amazing. Rex, it's really good of you to join us, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Rex. Oh, you guys are great. Hey, Jeff and Kevin, the only bummer is that we're not there. I know. I'd love to, I know. to come there. We miss your city and hope it's a, a wonderful uh, uh, night for you guys and, and the Blue Jays fans. They're wonderful people. And, man, we need Toronto in the major leagues we got to have them here and man what a road trip your boys have been on it should be a really good night tonight guys thanks for including me yeah thanks man you'd be well that's rex hudler kansas city royals tv analyst and again uh first pitch is at about 707 tonight on sportsnet 590 the fan ben wagner will have the call of the game he'll join us in a few minutes ned coletti as well as we get you set for the Jays and the Kansas City Royals. First of three games, there will be 15,000 fans in attendance tonight, of course, uh, as the Jays play their first game in 670 days. This is obviously all about the Blue Jays coming home. This is about the fact that there are roughly, by my count, I think there'll be about, what, 14 players who haven't actually played for the Blue Jays in the Blue Jays uniform. Uh, we saw a lot of them in social media. They went right to the ballpark when they got off the charter after the win over Boston last night. We saw a lot of stuff on social media from the uh, from the Blue Jays. So, yeah, it's obviously a big deal. It's a big day. It's a big night for the Blue Jays. Also, though, also, though, 
a huge night for baseball fans in Toronto, a huge night for sports fans in this city. Let's bring in Mark Douglas of 680 News, who was, uh, who was outside the ballpark today talking to fans. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. I followed you in social media, saw some of the stuff you were, you, you were sending out. Um, first of all, what has it been like at the gates tonight? Has it been pretty orderly? I know that, you know, we've all got protocols we're following. There is going to be testing, temperature testing, symptom testing, et cetera, et cetera, at the ballpark. Has it gone well as far as you can tell? Yeah, Jeff, I'm, I'm happy to say it's been going very well. I'm right now outside uh, gates 10 and 11 here uh, at the third base corner of the, uh, of the stadium. And everything I'm seeing here is very calm and orderly. It's a happy party spirit, spirit out here on the sidewalk. And as people go in, everybody's cooperating, no problems. Everyone's opening their bags. They're doing the security checks that have been here for a long time. And, of course, when they get inside, they're going to have to do that uh, COVID screening questionnaire. But so far, no problems. Everything seems to be a well-oiled machine out here and a very happy well-oiled machine at that. I was going to say, have you had a chance to talk? Because I know there's a lot of first responders and frontline workers there tonight. The Jays have seen to it that they will be at, at a number of, uh, uh, of games this year. Have you been able to talk to any of them or just even just fans in general? And, and you know, look, we've, I mean, we've gone back to our restaurants. We've gone back to our bars. You know, we, we've started to get back to normal as, as, as much as we can. This is kind of a, you know, this is a big step now because I don't know how many people have been in a place as big as Rogers Center since this thing, since this thing happened. And even with, you know, even with social distancing, there's still going to be people passing each other and lining up and things like that. Are, are, are folks, give me the sense of how folks are feeling. They're feeling happy, Jeff. They're just so happy. I mean, it's, it's such an exciting time. And you're absolutely right. How long has it been since we've seen a crowd like this anywhere in Toronto, not just Rogers Center? We know 670 days, that amazing number since the Jays have been here last. But just think about 15,000 people anywhere in Toronto all at once. It's a party atmosphere down here. You were asking about the front care, uh, frontline uh, healthcare workers. Yes, I did actually meet one. Uh, and she was such a, a fantastic person. She, uh, she works at an at a intensive care unit. And this is so great. This is something that's so great about the fans and the team and their relationship. The Jays have had with them, while they've been away, all these life-size cardboard cutouts of photographs of their, of their ticket holders. You buy a ticket, you're going to go to the game, but you can send in a photo and the, the Jays make a life-size picture of you, a cardboard cutout, and they take it with them on the road, and they put them up in the stands, especially in Buffalo, just to fill up that space in the empty stands uh, with some fan presence, even though the fans could not be there in person. Anyway, so I met this uh, Kathy woman who works at one of the ICUs here in Toronto, and uh, the Jays gave her back her life-size cardboard cutout. She's wearing her scrubs in the photo. She's got the, uh, the Blue Jays COVID mask on. And she tells me that she took the cardboard cutout to work with her just to cheer everybody up. What, and it was just like this great, um, amazing laugh, a morale booster around the ICU, which, of course, is always going to be a very intense place in any hospital. But this uh, Jay's cutout just totally brightened up everybody's day. So Kathy is here at the game tonight. She brings the cardboard cutout back with her. She's uh-huh. got it with her right now. She's going to be holding it up in the stands, waving it around like, like a fan sign. And uh, it's just uh, one of those uh, great, uh, great moments with the fan and the Jays that really captures the whole mood of the, of the evening here at Rogers Center. 
Mark, listen, it was really good of you to join us today. I know what it's like to be doing streeters and standing out and talking to folks. <laughs> Believe me, I've, I've, done, I've done all that. And uh, thanks so much for joining us, man. You've been a real trooper. Take care. All, all good. Happy to help out. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. All righty. That is Mark Douglas of 680 News. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, that, that's, that's kind of a cool story about that first responder. And there are going to be a lot of first responders and frontline workers at the ballpark. It's great to hear that it's going uh, as smoothly as it is at the gates. And, um, you know, I would think, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that everybody's just in such a good mood to be able to actually have a shot at seeing this baseball team. You know, it, it's like I was thinking about this coming in today, just the stuff that's happened to this team since then. And, and when I say happened, I'm talking about, you know, when, when Vladdy was here last, yeah, the last time he was on this field was the summer camp after they came back. Yeah. And all we were talking about was how fat he looked. Yeah. No, I swear to God, all yeah. we were talking about was how fat he looked. Austin Martin was there. We're making a big deal about Austin Martin. Yeah. Uh, and, and in that time, you know, in that time, they've added George Springer to one of the biggest contracts in team history. Vladdy, and he ain't, ain't mentioning Vladdy's <laughs> weight no. anymore. We're just trying to figure out how many MVP awards the guy the guy is yeah. going to win. Yeah. You know, now we talk Vladdy, we talk about 300. We're talking about hitting him 300, not weighing 300, right? You know, <laughs> so a, a, a lot of stuff has changed. He's gone to the All-Star game. Bo's gone to the All-Star game. Yeah. Marcus Semien's gone. He, Marcus Semien hasn't played a home game here. It's going to nope. be his first Time here, Teoscar Hernandez. When the the last Jays home game a couple of years ago, we're going, ah, Teoscar, yeah, he might be a guy. I mean, who knows? You know, he's taken off. He's taken off. Yeah, he's taken off. So there's a lot of growth and a lot of improvement that has happened to this team since they left Toronto, and it's 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 just it, it's going to be so energizing yeah. to see that here. And and I, as I said, we talked about this. I think the two guys that are just gonna just take off because of this or Hyunjin Ryu. Yeah. Who's already, he's worked his way back now. He, he, he said it out loud that he needed this. He exactly. He, he needed this. And as I said, I think Bo. Mr. Bright lights himself. Yeah. Hitting you know? clean up, coming home, wanting to do something special. I, I think he's, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be Jack. If you remember correctly. And I've said this before. He has been, he was the one that said, we want to carry a trophy across yes, the field. Well, you're hitting cleanup. Yep. Do something about it. Absolutely. Uh, Ned Coletti is a former general manager of the LA Dodgers, assistant GM of the San Francisco Giants. He knows a little bit about trade deadline. He wrote a book called The Big Chair, which is, well, a perfect title for the book if you read it. And uh, The Big Chair, well, I don't know. I guess at the trade deadline, it can either seem a little too big or a little too small, depending on, depending on what your team does at the trade deadline. The L.A. Dodgers certainly made a big splash. Ned Coletti joins us next. This is Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Now, back to more Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right, first pitch is now 35. We're 40-odd minutes away at the Rogers Center. Ben Wagner will have the call on uh, Sportsnet 590. The fan, he'll join us from the ballpark in a few minutes. The Toronto Blue Jays are home after 670 days on the road. 159 road games. 159 Stay road games. Stay hot. That's a lot of road that's games. Almost, that's almost a that's full, a lot that's a, of road that's games. That's almost a full, full year of road that's games. That's a ton. 
to, to even think that they're three games above 500. They made the playoffs last year. Everything they've been through. How can anybody complain about this team? Really? Like, I just, you just say that out loud to yourself. What they went through just to try and keep it all together is good for Ross to go out and did what, do what he did. Good for him. And uh, what, what was Ross's line today? I love because one of the things the Blue Jays have done very well throughout this whole thing, and this, is, this, goes, this goes throughout the organization, this goes to ownership, this goes to management, this goes to everybody, top to bottom, is they've, they've, they've kind of, they've showed a little bit of sensitivity. And what I mean by that is, at no point, you know, Ross Stripling made some comments about, hey, you know, I, I wasn't focused on my start because my family was leaving and, and you know, and new father. There you I go. I mean, I've been there. New father. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I get that. You know, where fans may roll their eyes. I don't care. I get that. I think on a very human level, it was, yeah, it was a human reaction to the situation. But by and large, these guys haven't bitched about anything. You know, they, if they've complained, it's been, you know, kind of, man, it's you know, too windy at the Dunedin and, and yeah. boy, you know, too many Red Sox fans in Buffalo. But everybody in this organization has understood, even from a distance, what was going on in this city and what mm-hmm. was going on in this country and the border issue and how it wasn't simply a matter of saying, hey, the numbers are good, let's open the border. There were a lot of governments there were a lot of yep. agencies involved in this there were three levels of government a lot of agencies there was just a ton going on you had to get the players association approval you had a bunch of stuff you had to do and i love what ross said ross didn't cry poor today when he was asked about whether or not he thought he owed the team something quote because of what they went through he said no i owe this team because of the way they handled the situation and i thought that that in a nutshell sums up this organization. They didn't bitch about it. Mm -hmm. They didn't whine about it. They were aware that people were dying. People were losing their jobs. People were worried about their jobs. People weren't seeing family. There was a lot going on. And they dealt with it. Got to be able to read the room. Good front office to do that. We talked about that guy in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, well. How's that going? (laughs) Yeah. Jerry DePoto. How about that? Yeah. What happened? Your cell phone died this morning? <laughs> I mean, come on. Lob a softball yeah, yeah, question well, at the guy. Just lob one little well, softball. Yeah, well, that's what happens. You Jerry DePoto. Well, that's what happens when you, clo- you trade one of the best closers in yeah. baseball. You haven't made the playoffs in 20 years. So the Jays have made a couple of moves. Uh, Jose Barrios is, with the, is not with the team yet. I don't believe he's here in the flesh. But uh, they couldn't waste any time DFAing Tyler Chatwood together. They said, get out of here. Uh, he'll be gone for uh, to make room for Jose Barrios. Uh, Brad Hand is here. Uh, Kirby Snead has been sent down. Jonathan Davis has been designated for assignment. Uh, Joaquin Soria will be along at some point, and uh, the Jays will have to make a move for him. I would imagine these guys. Like one thing I didn't ask. One thing I didn't ask uh, Ross Atkins is whether, or I didn't ask. I, I wasn't there. But one thing I don't think Ross Atkins got asked is. I, I presume with COVID protocols, all these guys are good to go. We saw Brad Hand being interviewed in the field, so I, I I'm sure, yeah, I presume they're good to go. You know, they'll cross their T's and dot their eyes and do the things yeah. they have to well, do. Well, the other thing too is, safe. I mean, the other thing too is, you know what? You get traded to new team. You just want it. You want to get your bag in the hotel room. You want to have dinner. 
you want to have a shower, you want to go down and check out your clubhouse, like you ain't interested in going out on the town. You want no. to get you want to get you want to get set up and get get yourself situated. Uh, we're waiting Ned Coletti. We have Ned Coletti. Nice. Bonus on just on time, no surprise. Mr. Coletti, sir, how you keeping? Oh, doing good. How about today, huh? Oh. Ay, ay, ay. Hey, you know, I, I I mean, I was thinking of you, Ned Coletti, uh, who we is a Dodgers analyst. I, yeah, but we always we do. do. Former general manager, author of the big chair. But I was thinking, there were so many trades made today. I expected to see Ken Rosenthal tweet that Ned Coletti had traded <laughs> somebody for I don't know. I just thought everybody's made a trade today. So Jesus, Ned's got to make a trade too. How, how close did you come to trading somebody today? Well, we almost made a couple, but we couldn't quite pull it off. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, what's Ned? You've been through a lot of these. First of all, what was your read on this deadline? And secondly, was there a deadline you were involved in that was just, that was crazy? Um, probably, but never this crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I just posted something, the, I, and I probably missed a couple people. The players who got traded in the last week, if they had, if this was an expansion draft, which I just went through in the NHL, if this was an expansion draft of everybody who got traded, <laughs> there would be a very, very good team. You never see a very, very good team like this. I mean, accumulated through everything between the starting pitchers, the relievers that got traded, infielders, outfielders, catchers. I mean, there's a lot of talent that that packing clothes and packing boxes today. Okay, Ned, what, never seen anything like it. Yeah, Ned, what would be harder for for a GM is, is what the Cubbies did, which you know, a fire sale. You're trying to get is that the biggest package you could possibly get for all those guys or something that Ross Atkins did, right? Trade a couple of his top five prop prospects for a pitcher. Which one's harder for a GM? Well, I, I got, I was very fortunate. I think I had one year where I traded off Raphael for call. Mm-hmm. Other than that, every time I was in the buying mode, uh, it's it from the buying mode. It's exciting. I can tell you the one time I had a, had a sell off, uh, a player, uh, you know, traded Raphael to the Cardinals who helped get to the World Series there. Uh, it was it was tough to trade and Raphael. I can't imagine what what Jed's going through right now or 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 Mike in Washington. I mean, that's you're talking about moving people that you've you've been with through the greatest days of their career to date, and really some of the greatest days of your career to date. Some of the World Series in 216, a World Series in 219, people that you've you've grown and watched grow up in a lot of cases. And suddenly, you know what? You're you're just giving them news. Hey, I wish you well, and uh, well, you know, I'll see you from across the field. That is very difficult to do, and especially in markets like Washington and Chicago, I think. Especially in Chicago, where you got the other team that made another great deal today, yeah. uh, Con and Kenny Williams. Hmm. And it's you know, it's it's tough to do it. It's and it's tough. For, you know, maybe it's because of where I'm at in my life and my age to to think about stripping something down completely. And, and really banking on prospects and banking on young players, as Jimmy Leland told me years ago, prospects are minor league players, you know. Some yeah. are going to be big league players and good ones, but not all of them. Um, boy, the, team, the, the Dodgers, the team that, that you spend yeah. a lot of time around, uh, you know, I mean, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, I'm just, I'm just I, I, still, I still think of that and think of where the Nationals were a couple of years ago. And, you know, it's funny, I, I was – Exchanging emails with uh, with a uh, former member, shall we say, a former member of the Montreal Expos who went through the fire sale after the '94 player strike, 
And he said, man, that's, this has got to be like the second worst French day in franchise history in terms of, in, in terms of moving, in terms of moving guys out. Of course, the Expos were the, uh, were the yeah. nationals, but I, I, I explain to me, explain to me how, and it, it, our understanding based on what Ken Rosenthal reported was that the Padres were close to Max Scherzer. Now I getting a Max Scherzer deal done. Now I understand getting close, not is not the same as getting it done. But what do you think happened here? How did it go from Max Scherzer's almost a member of the Padres to he's going to the Dodgers and oh yeah, Trey Turner is helping him move. Well, <laughs> it's a, it's a very interesting time, and I don't know exactly, but let me play a scenario for you, okay? Somebody in Washington or Canadian post something about, hey, we got the players figured out to go to San Diego. What is that going to do most likely to the Dodgers or any other team that's involved. If, if you're really hearing it from a source that, that you most of the time know is going to be accurate. Well, you go, geez, you know, we may have to up the offer. We may have to put another player in, you know? So a lot of times the media ends up not, not more than half and not, not a huge percentage, but the media can, can make things happen. And the media has no downside to being wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another thing is that when you have Max Scherzer, and you've got a five and a ten and five right to dictate where you're going to go. You know, it didn't make sense to me when I saw it. You know, I it, I said, you know what, I got to see it done to believe that it's going that he's going to San Diego. It's, it's not L.A. And the Dodgers are sitting three back of the Giants. The Potters are sitting three back of the Dodgers and six back of the Giants. So in some ways, nine back because I got two teams to call over. You know, the Dodgers were an obvious choice, not just because I do TV for them or work there, but I just didn't believe it. I think there were too many factors involved, too many things that were unsettled to to get to that point. All it did was, was perhaps make nobody excited who knew what was going on or make people excited in a city that had never took place in. Ned, you may have just answered this a little bit, but yeah, when you were making the calls for a team, did you ever make those calls because a team in your division did something and you were like, oh, they did that, and now I have to do this, sort of like what the Giants did last minute? No, I don't. I, you can, I can never do that no? because you got to worry about your own team. Yeah. And you got to build your team the way you can build it with the players you need. And you, you can't really go, okay, they made a move, I'm going to make a move. They made a move, I'm going to make a move. You, mm-hmm. you can't do it. It's not that easy. You can't chase it. I think San Francisco had their eyes on, on Brian for a while, and it just took that much time to get it done. And you know, there's a chance that the Giants had more than one player that they were looking at. And so you kind of walk things parallel. You're always walking deals parallel, maybe two, three, four, five at a time. You're kind of walking parallel, and you know everybody you're talking to, so you know when their voice changes, you know when – Hey, they're serious. You know, when uh, they're starting to get a little bit thin on the conversation and you're starting to think that, you know what, I'm not sure this is going in the right direction. Or, or sometimes you got a good enough relation with, with somebody where they say, Hey, look, your offer is nice, but it ain't as good as we're getting from some other place. So you've got to have a bunch of different things going on. I don't think the giants getting Bryant was a reaction to anything the Dodgers did or the Padres did earlier. I think it was really a, a reaction to how well that team has played. Because when you play as well as that team has played, somebody better walk in that room on the 30th of July or the 31st of July that you know is a difference maker. 
because the players have earned that. I think Toronto did the same thing this week. I think you, you owe that to your team. Players know. And if somebody doesn't walk through in that room, that is a difference maker. And they've played, a team has played as hard as they've played and come from where they've come from this year, where nobody expected them to be in this spot. You don't recognize that with Chris Bryant or somebody else of that stature. You may go 500 the rest of the way. Ned, one of the things the Blue Jays did, obviously getting Jose Barrios was the big move they made. But in the past three weeks, Ross Atkins has basically rebuilt his bullpen. A good thing, too, because at the bullpen, you know, we can make the case that even if you get, even if the bullpen, even if the bullpen gets five more wins out of it, this team is a lot, is, is, yep. is closer to playoff spot right now. How hard is it to do that, to rebuild a bullpen in season? Well, it is difficult. And I, I think he's done a nice job there. And, uh, you know, he knows, like everybody knows, you're, you're not going to, you're probably not going to get there. But even if you get there, you're not going to have a long October life if you cannot close out games and pitch late in games. And you look at starting pitching, it usually shrinks a little bit as far as the workloads when you get into October. So it's imperative to do, to do what he did. It's also one of the toughest things to do because you have to know not just the talent or the analytics of a relief pitcher, but in my, in my opinion, you have to know who they are. Are they, you know, when they get in the, the bright lights of Fenway or Yankee Stadium or, or someplace else, how are they going to react, especially relievers that have come from second division clubs, bottom tier clubs? You know, when's their last big game? How do they pitch when you cannot make a mistake where, you know, we talk about control and command. Control is throwing strikes. Command is throwing really effective strikes. You know, what's their command of their pitches? What's their command of their heartbeat, their pulse? You know, all those things. And sometimes it, that is the toughest thing to do. And you've got to really pick the right players because analytically, statistically, watching on television, scouting, yeah, you can, you can you know, pretty much gauge, okay, who can help us, who can't. But when you get to the last couple of weeks of September, from that point on, you better know who's inside that uniform and how they're going to react. When, it, when it's the pitch of the year or maybe the pitch of their career. Okay, last one before we let you go. Uh, all things equal. Dodgers need one win. Who gets the ball, Scherzer, Bueller, or Kershaw? All three of them. You know, three, three. <laughs> That's a great answer. You get Kevin Cash to manage the team, answer. and you got three innings from each of them. I don't know what the big deal is. You get three innings from each of them. It, it's easy. Uh, I well, actually, it's, a great, it's a great situation, I tell you. It is. It is. It is. Hey, Ned, listen, thanks so much for joining us. It's great to hear your voice yeah. as always. Stay safe, man. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Love you. See, be well. Thank Take you. care. It's Ned Coletti, former general manager of the L.A. Dodgers and uh, longtime Major League Baseball executive, now also an NHL, NHL scout, former hockey writer, former PR director. Been there and done it. I, it's funny he mentioned the the the, the heartbeat. That's a big deal. I, you know, I, when I guys try to talk about guys well, who play the game, talk when about I try yes, to play do. in the big leagues and I started games, it's different than pinch hitting in the eighth and ninth inning. Sure. It is huge difference. You got to control that one thing, the heartbeat and only think about what you want to do when you walk to the plate or you're on the mound or it's a big deal. And to get those guys that's been there and done it, who understand how to, when they're running from the bullpen to the mound runner on second base with two outs in the eighth inning, that's the one thing they got to control. And now it's about where I want to throw the ball, being efficient, having that two strike pitch and they don't grow on trees and it's hard to find them. 
Ben Wagner is the radio voice of the Blue Jays. He will have the call of tonight's game. He will join us next. It's getting close to first pitch. Can't wait. It's Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Now, back to more Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right, first pitch is 7.07 p.m. from the Rogers Center. The Jays are back home for the first of three games against the Kansas City Royals. First time there will have been Blue Jays baseball at the Rogers Center in 670 days. And that just seems like a lot to even say that. Uh, 590-590 is the text line. We've uh, been soliciting texts, and we will throughout our throughout baseball. So we do it all the time. Basically, you can reach out and text us whether we're on 2 to 3 or 5 to 7. We had a busy, busy day today. Lots of stuff to get to. But Mark Boffa, before we bring Ben Wagner in, let's let's hit the text line for a couple of uh, couple of texts. Because as we said, today is as much about the fans as it is about the players, to be honest. All righty. So Mike from Saskatoon, not just people in Toronto who are excited, but everybody from around Canada. Uh, he says, hey, Barker and Blair, before everyone gets wound up about the deals, let's take a breath and admit that the front office likely has a much better perspective on the prospect talent than we do. I seem to remember some concern about the future talent we gave up in 2015, and most people probably couldn't even name those prospects anymore. I, for one, will assume the front office made the right call here, and quite honestly, I really like the look of Ray, Ryu, Brios, and Manoa. Mike in Saskatoon. Yeah, look, I mean, I've talked about this. This, this, is, this isn't 2015. 2015, you were trading a bit, of your, a bit of your future to add to an old core. You knew that Batista and Carnassian Donaldson weren't going to be around for the next two or three years, and, and that was right. I mean, 2016 mm-hmm. was the last crack of that. Everything fell apart after that. That's not the case with this team. The, the big difference with this core is, regard, this, even if the new CBA changes free agency, Kevin, you're going to have these dudes for another three this, years this, minimum. This, so, is a five, this is a start of a five-year window. Yeah, exactly. It really is. So this is completely different situation. But, I mean, you're, you're, you're right, Mike. As my friend Mr. Barker said, I'm sitting next to a guy who at one point the Milwaukee oh, Brewers would boy. not have traded for anything. No and what's chance. he doing right now? Well, he's not living in a van down by the river, but he's pretty damn close. Oh, close he's doing to five to seven with Jeff Blair. So it's not like, <laughs> you know, it's not like Barker's uh, path as a, as, a, as a mega prospect panned out. Although you did okay for yourself. Decent. I got a cool family out of it. I'll take that. Yeah, you, did, you did okay. And I'm not that bad, am I? Okay, Boffo, next text. Do you gents know who's going to be out there in free agency at oh. second base, third, or catcher this offseason? Who would you have your eye on? I mean, I it don't... have to be a catcher. For me, the, the first one is catcher. You can fill in the blanks at third, I think, a little bit with Santiago Espinal at second. Yeah, maybe they'll make a run at Marcus Simeon, that kind of thing. But for me, Jeff, you got to find the guy. The, the, just the one inning that keeps yelling and screaming at me was Kirk and Barucky. In the sixth inning and not getting him through it, they need that guy. Yeah. That, you that know what, for me is the first one. You know what my answer is going to be? It's not in the free agent market. There's only one guy I want in this team next year. And that's oh, Jose Ramirez. Well, you're, there you go. Well, you'd have to give up to two that we've been yelling and screaming not to give up. Jose Ramirez is going to be with the Jays next year. Mark oh, down when I, mark down when I said that. It? Mark down when I said that. Jose Ramirez well, you've been saying is it all year. Jays. Sooner or later, it's going to come true. Yeah. Ben Wagner, what's it like to be in the radio booth? It is, does it does I just I guess you got Tom Young behind you, right? So it's got to feel like old days. It feels incredibly comfortable. I'll be honest with you. Tom Young is here. He's got his thumb into the air. He might be the second happiest person to be in this ballpark tonight. Nice. 
Uh, what's the mood like, Ben? Simple question. You've been down in the field, I'm sure, seen players, talked to them. What, just what's the mood like? Energy. That's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling opening day, Canada day. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough 2015, 2016, especially in September, to be around the Rogers Center when the Blue Jays were making that run. Now, the size of the crowd doesn't create that energy tonight, but who is here already creating a nice buzz during batting practice and the familiar sounds that you realize you were without for so long? Kids screaming, running after batting practice home run balls, yelling for an outfielder or somebody that's out there shagging, you know, to chuck a ball into the seats. That fan energy was, I think, not only picked up on from the players, but the players hit the field with their first step today in the energy. And droves of reporters, the scene is, the scene is what you want <laughs> um, and what we have all been longing for. Okay, okay, Ben. When you were out today, uh, riding your Schwinn, getting your exercise, and you and you heard the and you and you heard the the news come across the wire. How's a Schwinn? That's a blue jacket. It's a bicycle. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I hey, listen. First off, heard don't the, give me that much credit. Well, I ride I know, a Huffy. I know you're. Oh, you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Schwins are a little bit too big. Feet can't yeah. touch the ground. But hey, what 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 was your thoughts when you heard the news that the, that the Blue Jays made the big trade? I knew the Blue Jays weren't done. I had a, I, I just knew it. I knew talking with people within the organization that they had a hope of getting something big done, and something big would have been a starting pitcher to jump into this Austin rotation. Austin Martin in, in the mix, though? Austin Martin in the mix. No, I, I would have put Mar Austin Martin on the list of guys that were available. Me too. I only have two or three guys that I think are untouchable within player development. Uh, but I realize, too, the stock is much higher within this system, and that gives them flexibility. But you know what, guys? I, listen, and I've been fortunate enough in April and May to be in Dunedin and be very close to this team and also the scouts, people and executives that were coming through Dunedin. And I would ask the question, have you seen Austin Martin? What would you think of Austin Martin in spring training? And nobody could give me a definitive answer of what Austin Martin is. Mm -hmm. Is he an outfielder? Is he an infielder? Is there a special skill that he possesses? Because nobody has been able to put their finger on it. They think he's a good baseball player, but he doesn't possess a big arm. He doesn't have uh, overwhelming handedness to make contact with the baseball. He certainly doesn't have a lot of pop. We, you know, we've seen that. So more and more I took Austin Martin off of my yeah. you know top prospect list that you can't touch well I mean I, we've talked about this I I, I told Barker I, I've talked to a couple of people who scouted who scout the Jays organization very closely and all I keep hearing is a Relvis Martinez a Relvis Martinez a Relvis Martinez you know oh, yeah. Yeah. that that's and and of course Gabriel Marino uh, that that's all I hear from everybody mm -hmm. those are the two those are the two guys um, Simeon Woods Richardson is interesting but that is the cost mm -hmm. to get a deal done like this. Okay, Ben, well, the, the one Blair asked me this all the time. Who the one guy, the one player for the Toronto Blue Jays that you think this move to the Rogers Center is going to help the most? That is an awesome question. The, the guy that I think it's going to help the most yep. is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Really? Yep. Why? I Because... Vladdy's on a mission. <laughs> uh, Vladdy's on a mission to continue what he has retooled himself to look like and then ultimately to become, and now is capitalizing on that. And now it's time to get back to a place where he was at in the end of 2019, 
and he left people not he's not reading into this but we all interact with fans and we see the interaction in social media too people were raising their eyes like what is vladimir guerrero jr where's this where's this guy that we expected to come in here and change the franchise immediately from the first time that he stepped onto the field i think vladimir guerrero jr is as jazzed up about this opportunity to come to Toronto and show in front of the fan base what he's been able to do under incredible circumstances through Dunedin, Buffalo, and any other challenger, and to continue it going. Ben, listen, uh, I'm going to let you run, have a couple of drinks of water, or in your case, probably five cups of coffee. Mm -hmm. Get the voice ready, and uh, you will be, I, I will be listening to you driving home tonight, my friend. Me I'm too. so happy you're back on the air. You know that. Uh, you, you you know how deep our feeling is for you yep. here at this place. So just enjoy yourself, man. You and you you deserve it, and um, it's just it's going to be a real treat. The opportunity's not lost on me to be here for for you guys and all the fans that have uh, been patiently waiting for this moment. Thanks, thanks, thanks guys. Have be fun, well. buddy. Ben we'll Wagner, the radio voice of the Blue Jays. Mr. Barker, we have an hour left. Quite a day. Uh, trade deadline. Jose Barrios coming here. Some bullpen help. We got the Kansas City Royals in town. The sun's out. The roof's open. Get any better? No. 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 It's uh, it's going to be something. Listen, we appreciate you uh, joining us today. We will be back five to seven next week for the next couple of weeks. In fact, as we uh, serve as your Blue Jays pregame show, if you're going to the ballpark tonight, have fun. Be patient. Cheer as loud as you can. If you're going to the ballpark this weekend, enjoy the sun. Just enjoy the fact that the Blue Jays are home. And, um, well, as, as one of my old friends always used to say, now you sit back and enjoy Blue Jays baseball on the radio.